0: Welcome back and a special welcome to our next guest. He is Bill Walton. He has been a regular on this program now uh, in the course of 2021. We were so pleased to have him join us uh, regularly and look forward to his appearances each week as well in the new year. And he brings to the task uh, an enormous expertise in the financial sector, having been the CEO of Allied Capital Corporation on Wall Street. He is also a man who has moved into the public policy sphere in a very big way, both as the past president of the Council for National Policy, an important conservative movement leadership organization of which I'm proud to be a member, as well as as the host of the Bill Walton. Show a wonderful television podcast program that uh, does a marvelous job of exploring critical issues of our time, and I commend it to all of our listeners. Bill Walton, Happy New Year to you, sir! Welcome back to Secure Freedom Radio. It's so good to have you with us.
1: Yeah, Frank, uh, I think we're happy to be in 2022, although time will tell.
0: Yeah, it's a little unclear whether it will be a happy New Year, as we've been noting with our previous guests. Let me ask you, um, Bill, about one of the factors that uh, may be a big consideration in how happy it turns out to be. And that is what the Chinese Communist Party is doing at the moment with respect to um, its participation in our capital markets. uh, And the fact that it seems to be, um, well, as I think you put it, uh, uh, you can't fire me, I quit kind of (laughs) spirit. Um, they're, They're increasingly being made unwelcome here, Properly so, um, including in the state of Florida. Talk about all that, if you would.
1: Well, I, you know, I, we are seeing a, a, a change in, in the way China views its investing, its companies being listed offshore, as at the same time, we're seeing U.S. investors waking up to the fact that they're invested in a lot of Chinese companies whose uh, purposes serve the Chinese Communist Party and, and not ours. And so on the one side with china, they're they're now saying that they want to keep companies that are in so-called strategic industries. They want to prevent them from listing offshore. and in particularly, they want to limit the amount of foreign ownership of these companies. and China is now be on the other side of the concern about having intellectual intellectual property stolen. They, they're they trying to protect their state secrets, and a lot of their state secrets are inside these companies. So they're cracking down. Um, including you know, saw them- what
0: they consider to be a state secret, which is... The financial viability of these companies, it turns out.
1: Well, you wouldn't want to audit them. <laughs> that's exactly right. They <laughs> you know, wouldn't we, want you to we, audit
0: them. That's for sure. No,
1: no. Um, they, you know, audits include work papers, and they tell you all about what what the companies are really doing to in their business model. But the, on the other side of it, we're seeing U.S. investors in particular. Uh, there was a there was a group, Consumer Research, that came out with a report that showed how much state pension funds were invested in, in, in Chinese companies. And, you know, some of those are not problematic investments, but many of them are. And Ron DeSantis in Florida, along with his heads of his pension operation, began cracking down on uh, on, uh, chi- on their pension fund investing in Chinese companies. And it's a, it's a huge fund. But the the interesting aspect of this is that they're looking at the fact that even if they've entrusted their went to BlackRock, which is not only a U.S.-based uh, investment management firm, BlackRock has proxy rights for all the companies that, they're in their, that they hold in their portfolio. And, and Florida is now saying that, that they're no longer going to grant BlackRock the right to vote its proxies. And if a lot of state pension funds do that, that'll change change the balance of power. You know, we talked about it before, BlackRock and Vanguard and the State street and all the other big pension managers uh, have proxy control, uh, proxy voting control. And in effect, it gives them voting control 30, 40, 50 percent of most of the um, 500 largest companies traded on uh, the traded New York Stock Exchange and on oh, NASDAQ. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Bill, one of the other things, you mentioned Consumers Research, which is uh, an estimable organization dating back to 1929, as I understand it. These are folks who've also been warning, in addition to the governors, like Ron DeSantis, whose states have these very considerable exposures, not just in China, but in BlackRock, that they shouldn't do that. But they've also been issuing warnings um, more generally about BlackRock as an entity, as I understand it. So hopefully all of this is going to come to a head early in 2022, uh, whereby we're watching American investors' funds migrate out of China and be invested patriotically uh perhaps by BlackRock, uh, uh, perhaps uh, by others but uh, uh nonetheless yeah, an and, and, Fra-
1: and frank um, and frank uh, you know i think you ought to take some credit here with what you've done and what kevin freeman had done and roger robinson have done i mean the basic message here is american investors know what you own and because you've got a shares in a mutual fund, you've got to understand they've got investments in underlying securities and you need to understand what those are And people are waking up to that. And that is a very good
0: thing. Well, thank you for the attaboy. It's really a team effort. And uh, I want to commend to our listeners, particularly in 2022, uh, there's going to be a major effort made by our Committee on the Present Danger, China, of which, Bill, you are, of course, an important member to um, effect what we call this Mad as Hell campaign um, that really awakens people to the fact that it's their money that is being invested. And as you say, Bill, in Chinese companies, I'm not even sure there are any that are um, innocuous because they are all obligated under the Chinese Communist Party's national security law to do the bidding of the party and if that means the servicing the pla in some way the people's liberation army they must do so so there's no innocuous company in china i'm afraid and uh, certainly there are lots that are probably bad investments to boot but let me turn to one of those companies that um, has had just an unbelievable free fall Bill, and that is Evergrande, this um, real estate development company. Um, you've been watching what's happened to that company for some time. Give us an update, if you want.
1: Well, Evergrande is China's largest property developer, and they've got uh, liabilities of sub $300 billion just in, uh, I think, uh, uh, bonds that they owe investors or who, were investors own their bonds, and they've also got 100, 200 billion dollars of trade credit they owe. And you know what happens with bubbles, Frank, is that it goes up and up and up. And we've seen this in our country with the dot com, and later on in real estate, and what happened in 2008 is people develop the confidence that things are always going to keep going up, and then when they realize they're not going up, everybody rushes for the exits. And that's pretty much what's been happening in China. And it, Evergrande's by far the largest property developer, but there are dozens of others, which are also being similarly hurt by this uh, withdrawal of retail investor interest in uh, in, the, in the retail property market. And part of it's brought on by Xi, our, our president Xi, who's declared that you know, property is no longer suitable for speculation. And now the chinese communist party has got a basically they've got a chapter 11 although they don't have a chapter 11 in china but a bankruptcy situation with evergrand the, the, the equity the shares in the company have uh, have really basically fallen to zero they've stopped trading um, as of uh, as of this weekend uh the The bondholders, though, and I think the Chinese, I think that as as a veteran of many workouts, unfortunately, uh, you know, they're trying to protect the bondholders because the bondholders uh, are the ones that have actual claims on the underlying assets. And so the bonds have not fallen as much, but, you know, gee, American investors... wouldn't go into the, the equities of Chinese companies because you're so susceptible to the, to the vagaries and whims of the CCP.
0: Well, that's one thing, Bill, but uh, there's another, and that is that if you're holding equities, you're probably are not holding equities actually in the company you're holding them in these uh, so-called variable interest equities uh offshore holding companies in the cayman islands which give you no uh, no access to these guys at all and I, I, I am i right bill that the bondholders that they are protecting the chinese communist party um are chinese retail investors not so much foreign ones
1: yeah, and and and, 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 and Ever Evergrande not only in the business of building properties and selling them, but they're in the business of providing annuities and and payments to uh, retail Chinese investors, and that's an extremely important uh, issue. and And the, the, the CCP stepped in, and and Evergrande's cut those payments, but they haven't eliminated them, and so they're trying to preserve that income stream for uh, for consumers in China. But you know, coming back to your point about the what you're investing in, if you invest in a Chinese company, most of the tech companies did their offshore uh, IPOs through something, as you mentioned, variable interest entities, and those were always illegal in Chinese securities law, such as it is. But now that they're really focused on it, and this recent ban that. Uh, the parties put in place of that companies listing their IPOs outside of China has specifically singled out the so-called variable interest entity. And, you know, investor beware.
0: Indeed. And investors whose money are being moved into China by Larry Fink of BlackRock, for example, should be especially... Uh, aware. Bill, let me turn to uh, what the Chinese are also up to that has very important strategic implications um, outside of China. Um, Let's start with Germany, Bill. Um, The extent to which the new government of Germany is um, an avowedly socialist one, um, it's perhaps not surprising that it's uh, very attentive to the Importance of preserving a good relationship with China, but that was true of the Merkel government too, and it may get worse, but what's the underlying reality of the relationship the financial and economic relationship between these two countries, one of which is ostensibly one of our most important allies in europe
1: Well, Angela Merkel, for her eight years as, as Chancellor, I think it was eight uh, very, very much to the line of the, of the of the of the German business community who wanted to look the other way with regard to human rights violations in China, and China very or Germany very very uh, sanctimoniously joined in this European Union agreement to uh, be mindful of of what Germany is doing to the Uyghurs and other kinds of human rights uh, violations, and they issued a. Major statement about making that the forefront of their foreign policy. Well, the new prime minister Olaf Scholz just uh, had a conversation with with Chinese President Xi, uh, talking about strengthening economic ties, and nowhere was it where human rights brought up. And this is, uh, you know, this is a direct violation of the German. We talk about China, and the United States. Well, we really got we really have to include Germany and the rest of Europe in, in that uh, in that calculation. It turns out Germany uh, has more than five thousand companies, German companies operating in China in one fashion or another, and Volkswagen, which we all think is the sort of the ultimate German company. Uh, has over 50% of its revenues coming from China. And they are wholly dependent on the whims of the Chinese Communist Party. And so there, what's happened is, and, and, and Germany is now, or China is now, largest Germany's largest trading partner. And so we talk about our own uh, sticky wickets of all the complex uh, Technical and economic interrelationships we now have with China, Germany is very much in that briar patch.
0: It's effectively no longer able to exercise sovereign decisions, I would argue, uh, if you've got that kind of exposure and, and control, whether it's uh, just the German China lobby or whether it's in a more you know uh, actual and financial sense uh, Germany's options are now extremely limited and and we've got to be mindful of that as we think about them in our security context as well and well,
1: in, in, in China's and China's showing a in a show of force they're cracking down at Lithuania well Lithuania is a country of about 3 million people the Baltic states and uh, they allowed Taiwan to open a trade office in uh, in its uh, capital city. And they had the temerity to let uh, the Chinese trade, the Taiwanese trade office call itself the Chinese, the Taiwan trade office. And instead of uh, instead of recognizing that uh, China's position, that China really that Taiwan's part of greater mainland China, China. Uh, they uh, they allowed this to go forward, and what China's done is it's called out on all the multinational companies that do business with China to cease trading with Lithuania, or else uh, China's going to act tough on their business inside China. Uh, and so this is an interesting test case that's been going on. I think it was announced in November about two months ago, and it hasn't really played out, but it's, uh, it's you know, Xi is really uh, saying, look, if you want to particularly, you and I are worried about Taiwan in 2022 and what Chinese intentions are. Um, this is sending a very clear signal about which side uh, multinationals are supposed to line up on.
0: Amen. And we're seeing a similar kind of uh, very domineering approach taken by China towards Australia.
1: You know the funny thing is right the, the 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 Europeans can we keep they keep talking about multilateralism. Well, the Chinese and the Europeans, as well as the United States, have a completely different interpretation of what multilateral is. for I mean, for Europeans and Americans, it's strengthening existing structures. Um, United Nations systems, the you know the global institutions, World Bank, et cetera, to enforce global rule based law and and democracy. China views it quite differently. They think it's uh, it's counterbalancing what they call the dominance of the liberal international order, and. Uh,
0: We're going to talk a little bit more about this momentarily with Gordon Chang as it happens, uh, Bill Walt, very much to the same point. Uh, We're looking at an alternative to the traditional order, the Westphalian nation state organized order, and uh, in its stead, a Chinese Communist Party dominated world. That and more will be coming up with Gordon Chang. But let me just say, Bill, thank you very much for your visit today.